Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Great to be here. Been here a, a couple of times to do women's every woman, but first time on a Sunday. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very honoured to be here while your pastors are suffering for Jesus in Greece. Hey, yeah, Yasu, Opa. Uh, yeah, feeling sorry for them. Hey, yeah, I'm really feeling sorry for you. It's great. And uh, me and your senior pastor. Uh, Phil have, uh, have something in common. We are president and vice president of the Rafael Nadal fan club. We both preach according to the gospel of Rafa. Everyone, count of three, say vamos. One, two, three. Vamos. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, the time that we have, um, this theme, the blessed life, blessed life. I'm going I'm to just share with you this morning something that the Lord has Show me a key, a, a key to living this blessed life, right? And uh, thank you, by the way, to Andrew and Julie for your hospitality, the team, Katrina. Uh, it's always hard when the senior pastors go away because, you know, you, never, you kind of you never know what's going to go down. But I know you guys are all up for it. There's how many more weeks left? Another seven weeks. It's good training for you guys. It's great to help carry you because you're... To Andrew and Jilly, you know, you're up to it, up for it. You've got the shoulders, you're able to carry more weight. Yeah, it's good training. I can see this is purposeful. This is significant. This season, right now, this, not just filling in because mum and dad have, you know, taken off overseas. Actually strategic in the purposes of God. Yeah, God's depositing some things. You're going to come away out of this season and you're going to feel different. You're going to know something's been added. So something's, something's been increased, the, the, the measure of God, the capacity of God on your lives. And so this is very integral, very uh, key season, I'm just sensing. Even though it's a relatively short season, I see that God is doing something purpose, purposefully in your life to get you ready for the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I was introduced as a prophet, thank you very much. I think I might hire Pastor Andrew as my PR manager. That's a lovely introduction. Uh, quite, quite simply, for those of you, and I know you, this is a prophetic church, like you're used to hearing the now word of God. But just so you know, you can relax. Um, I'm not all seeing, I'm not all knowing. Some people get a bit anxious when, they, when a prophet's come to town. Some people wouldn't even be here today because, you know, they think the prophet comes and can see everything. I don't see everything. Only God sees everything. Um, some people would have been repenting. Before they came to church, they think the prophet sees people's sin. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't see your sin. I'm not interested in your sin. Got enough of my own to worry about. Not interested in yours. <laughs> Actual fact, I, I will see you in a better light than you see yourself. I'm an encouraging kind of prophet. Got my friend with me, uh, Chrissy, Chrissy here, Pastor Christina. Give him a wave. This beautiful woman down the front here. She's a pastor at our Silverwater campus. 
Uh, also Italian. Don't be fooled by the Simpson name. There's Italian blood in these veins. She's also Italian. So you got the mafia here today. You got the... <laughs> so anyway, key. I'm going to give you a key. One key uh, this morning. I'm going to pray. Father, right now, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it's living. It's active, sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you, God, for an open heaven here today. Thank you for open hearts. Lord, we, don't, we haven't come to hear the voice of a woman. We've come to hear from you. So Lord, I thank you. That it's not just about what I say, it's about what you do with what I say. So Lord, right now, I declare an open heaven. I declare the Lordship of Jesus over your word. Lord, that your word will not return unto you void. Father, I thank you. Every heart here today is good soil upon which the seed of your word is going to fall and bring forth much fruit. So Holy Spirit, I pray, have your way and have your say in Jesus' name. Amen. I was having a whinge uh, to the Lord. It's a couple of years ago now. Uh, it, it was kind of like the beginning of a new year. And I was having a bit of a complaint. I would say a whinge. I've just come back from uh, America. They don't use the word whinge there. It's whine. Whining. So I was whining to the Lord. Whining. About uh, my year I felt had, it wasn't a bad year. You know, no, no tragedy had happened. I really had no reason to complain. But... I, I, I didn't feel like there was any X factor moment, you know. I didn't feel like there was any miraculous kind of. I mean, a bit like uh, Kay and Luke and Matt. Matt, yeah. You have to call that baby Vicky somewhere in there. <laughs> you know, there's all sorts of you know, Victoria. There's all sorts of you know variations. Victory, it's a boy, Victor. I don't. Anyway. Got to in there somewhere. I mean, by the way, I don't claim to have a particular ministry in that area. So don't come lining up afterwards asking for prayer because I, I, you know, but that's a wonderful testimony. I celebrate with you. Look absolutely beautiful pregnant, you know. So I think now you've cracked the code. Have this one. Go again. Hey, have another. It's, it's wonderful. But I just, you know, Lord, I remember when I first came to Christ. And it was like, you know, there were just miracles happening everywhere I'd, I'd go. Just, you know, that honeymoon stage of, of your relationship with Jesus. And it's just like you ask and you receive. You pray, it happens. That's, that's what it was like for me. But here I am, uh, and I gave my life to Jesus in 1980. So uh, what does that make it? 36 years down the track. I'm saying, Lord, you know, I kind of... It's a bit same old, same old, to be honest, each year. And it's not that I don't see incredible things happen every weekend where I minister. Uh, I mean, I'm amazed when I hear a testimony like that because I'm just stepping out in faith, having a go, doing what I do, to be honest. And, and so I, uh, you know, I, but I said, Lord, for me, for me personally, in my life, you know, I, I haven't seen some of those promises fulfilled. I haven't seen some of those words I've been standing on come to pass. And I felt the Lord say back to me, well, Vicky, give me some space. Give me some space. Now, to be honest, the only person who says that to me is my husband. He's trying to watch the cricket and, uh, and I'm trying to talk to him. Any other summertime Christmas, uh, uh, cricket widows here? Any... Come Boxing Day test on, I don't see him for weeks. I mean, I to, and I, I, I like sport. I'm a woman who actually enjoys sport. I'm into, but cricket, test cricket, five days, and he still can get a draw. 
To me, honestly, the most boring exercise on planet Earth. Actually, no, fishing is. I tried fishing once. I think that rated as the most boring. My goodness. Golf comes close, close up the ears. Go anyway. Uh, but so the Lord said, give me some space. Give me some space. So I did a bit of a study on what it meant to give God space. I want to share with you three ways that you can give God space this morning. I like to ground the word. I like the word becoming flesh. I like the word becoming practical. So you know. So three ways you can give God space. The first way is to remove something that's already there. Remove something that's already there. I want to share from 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 14. Actually, I'm going to read from verse 16, sorry. Give you a background of this story. There were three kings who went to war against another king. And it was a time of drought. They go through the desert. What do you know? They ran out of water. Funny that. Travel through a desert in a drought. That just might happen. They ran out of water. They're in a terrible predicament. Their army, their, their animals. And one of the kings, King Jehoshaphat, was a godly king. He said, we need to talk to the prophet. So they go to the prophet Elisha. He's one of my heroes. I love the prophet Elisha because two of the kings weren't godly. And he actually said to them, if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even give you the time of day. Yeah, I'm not going to even bother with you. But he says, because of Jehoshaphat, I'm going to seek the Lord. And this is his response, verse 16. He says, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Make this valley full of ditches. The Message Bible says, dig. Everyone say dig. Dig ditches all over this valley. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. So they have a need. They need a miracle. They're in, they're in a drought-stricken desert needing water. And the prophet gives them a promise. He says, you're going to get the water you need. It's not going to come the way you expect. You're not going to see the rain come. You're not going to hear the wind. But the Lord will bring you a miracle. However, it's going to be dependent. It's going to be conditional to you doing something. This is what you have to do. You have to make this valley full of ditches. So what's a ditch? A ditch. A ditch, a ditch is a space. It's a space. It's a big hole in the ground, right? That has been created by removing something that was already there. So we, we could go out there today, grab a shovel, start removing, start removing dirt, and you will create a space. Same deal. But they were told to go and to dig ditches all over the valley. Not just one, but many. And so they created a space, a container, by removing something that was already there. Now, I don't know if they dug with their, their hands, shovels, spades, got their animals. I don't know what they, how they did it, but this I know. They dug in faith. Dug in faith, in obedience to the prophet's word, to create a space, to collect rain, to collect water, I should say, of which there was no proof in the natural that it was even going to come. It looked absolutely impossible. So they gave God space. So what is it that you can remove from your life to give God some space? How many of you are familiar with the uh, reality shows on hoarders? 
anyone see that on hoarding? So hoarders, people who keep things, keep, 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 keep. And then so the hoarding, you know, is to declutter, declutter, throw some stuff out. Amazing. When you start throwing things out, you've got space there. For some of you, this is actually a actual practical word of wisdom. Yeah, there's, there's some stuff you need to throw out. When the Lord gave me this word, I shared it with my husband. We did that. We, we live in a one-bedroom apartment. It's not a very big space at all. Uh, but we had about eight garbage bags full of stuff that we took to Vinnie's, that we threw out. We handed on eight, giving God space in the natural. It's, I was preaching this message in Lausanne in Switzerland where uh, French is their first language, their, the spoken language there. Do you know what? As I was speaking it, the translator, the pastor turned to me as I said the word hoarder. He said, he goes, say that again. I went hoarder. And then I went hoarder in case, you know, America, they, you know, they can't hear the hoarder. He goes, what's this hoarder? What's this hoarder? And then I explained it. They had no concept in Switzerland, no word in the French language for hoarding. The closest, I mean, and even to, to declutter, the closest was spring clean, but that still didn't quite do it justice. Did not even have the idea, but you know what I'm talking about. And some of you are actually like that in your souls right now. There is stuff just cluttering and filling up the area of your heart. You've got some unforgiveness there that, that needs to go. It's time to deal with it. Maybe there's some uh, other things that have been, some insecurities, there's some fears. There's just stuff that has been accumulating there for some time. And you would be amazed at what God can do with you as you take a step of faith to give Him space. Start to deal with it. Don't be afraid of the space. Don't be afraid of the space. Maybe it's something you spend your time doing. And it was okay before. It was okay for that season. Uh, but God wants you to let that go, uh, to, to give Him space. Oh, I don't have time to, to spend with the Lord. Oh, I don't have time. Some people, they'd say they don't have time to come to church. Yes, they do have time to come to church. But at the moment they're filling that time with something else, that, that, that they really do have the, the ability perhaps to let go, to create some space. As humans, we're afraid of space. As humans, we hate that sense, that sense of the vacuum. We try to fill it with all sorts of stuff. And yet God is attracted to space. He is the ultimate space invader. He loves to come supernaturally too. So what is it in your life that you can, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you this morning, that he will give you some aha moments. Because I can come and I can just speak the idea, but there is nothing like the Holy Spirit coming and turning the light on, you having a rude awakening, an aha moment, like, oh, that. The people you spend time with. Some of you are hanging out with some absolute idiots. And you know what? And you might think, oh, the idiots need you. But to be honest, they're pulling you down. They are sucking you dry. They are using you. And you're afraid of the, of, of the space that's going to leave if you cut the relationship. You know, some people are no good for you. You want to go on with God? but they're still pulling you back into old habits. They're still pulling you down. And I'm talking some, you know, what words are coming out of their mouth? Do they believe in you? They believe in the best in you. They're always pulling you down. Someone here, you've got, you've got a friend. They're constantly criticizing you. They're constantly pulling you down. There's this thing called false loyalty. 
and you and you and you're loyal to someone, but the fact is, time there comes a time to let them go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, but there's going to be a space. I'm not necessarily talking about leaving a husband or your wife. Okay, just 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 settle down. Uh, but but I'm talking about you know, a codependent situation with some and and, and you know. Can, can, can I be this? So Jesus can do stuff in people's lives that, that even you can't. You know, there's a grandmother here today. And, and, you know, it's sort of like that sense of having to keep things together or keep the your kids. Then you want to keep the grandkids all together. You're trying to sort, you're trying to carry all the burdens. You're trying to, but you know what? Some burdens aren't yours to carry. You hand it up, give it, give it over, give it over. Oh, but you're, you like to be needed. You like the, the set, but in actual fact, God wants to fill that space with something better. He wants to fill that space with something new. He wants to fill that space with something that's going to cause you to be fruitful. And to, you get the idea? Removing something that's already there in order to give God space. Second one. Now, by the way, let me continue. Verse 20, verse 20. Let me tell you what happened when they gave God space. Yep, they dug the ditches. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by way of Edom. Water came. Water came. Everyone say water came. This is a miracle. It's drought, people. Water came by way of Edom. So from a place that they, they couldn't see what was going on in Edom. They couldn't see. They, they, from where they were standing, they couldn't see. what and God was preparing for their miracle. From a distance, from this, this location that they could not perceive or see in the natural. Some of you, you have an Edom right now, an Edom. God is moving, doing something, preparing your miracle, getting things ready. And you got no proof, no evidence. You can't feel it. There's not a cloud in the sky. But it came by way of Edom and the land was filled with water. Filled. Now imagine if they hadn't given God space. That water would have come, run off. Goodbye. There it goes. They, need, they, they, as they gave, dug the ditches, they were giving God space, space to fill, fill containers, containers, containers. So they received the miracle. They didn't die. The animals didn't die. They were to go forward and fight the battle. So we can give God space by removing something that's already there. I pray that the Holy Spirit will illuminate for you personally that there is something you need to remove in order to give God space. Second way we can give God space is to assign an existing space a new purpose. Assign an existing space a new purpose. The upper room in, the second, in, in Acts chapter 1 and 2. The upper room, you know the upper room? Day of Pentecost took place, like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for the first time. Tongues of fire, mighty rushing wind. The upper room, an incredible thing happened. God filled that room. I've been doing a study to find out what that room was. What was that room? Was, was, that, was that, it would appear to be someone, a room in someone's home, but mate, 120 people in that room, that's a big house, that's a big I was wondering if it was a restaurant, a function center. They, some commentators believe it was the same room where they had the Last Supper. Uh, I mean, this was a space. The upper room was a space that already existed, but it had never been used for that purpose before. 
So there might be something that currently exists in your life, currently exists in your life that can be assigned a new purpose, a God purpose. Your house, for example, your, your, your home, no matter what you live in, from the smallest to the grandest, that your place can become, your home can become a place of ministry. Yeah, you, you, you might have. You've got a connect, give me a wave if you have a connect group or you host a connect group in your, in, in your place. Yeah, yeah, you're, that, that home, that space becomes, becomes a God encounter space. That space is assigned a whole new purpose. Where do you have it? Weekly, fortnightly, whenever it is, how often you meet. Yeah, that is a pre-existing space. Some of you, the things that are just natural, the space of your workplace, the space of your business. Yep, this, that, that, that's just an everyday space, but no, you can assign it a God purpose. God, breathe on this space. Move My car becomes a prayer room. Seems to be the only space that I can get in, which is totally where no one can hear me. I can yell my face off. I can cry my heart out. I'm in a, an apartment block. We can hear everything. I mean... You know what I'm talking about? So my car is a car, a vehicle, but it, it becomes a space for God to fill. Because I call it, I, I commit it. I'm the one who assigns that space a new purpose. Some of you are looking for something new. You feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to run a connect group until I, I've got a, a, a bigger house or, or a bigger, a nicer space. I'm, I'm not going to be able to have people over. I'm not going to be able to extend hospitality and have people come a, a, until we get, do the reno. You know, it's got nothing to do with the reno. It's got nothing to do the best with what you got and assign it a God purpose. It is a, a space. Now, listen to this. There was a widow woman. This is in 2 Kings chapter 4. This widow woman was in a terrible predicament. She was in, her husband had died and left her in terrible debt. Terrible debt. The drought was still on. She thought she was going to have to sell her sons in order to, to pay the debt off. Desperate situation. All she had was a little bit of oil in the house. Wouldn't you know it? The prophet Elisha turns up again and he gives her a word. He says, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3. Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbours. Borrow as many empty jars. So she didn't even own the jars. She, she had to go and borrow them. Jars. What's a jar? A jar. Now, I don't know what those jars had been used for before. I'm Italian, so I immediately think they're olive jars, they're pasta sauce jars, you know. Who knows what those jars had been used for before? But she went and borrowed them. So the neighbours had jars that had probably been used before for another purpose. So she goes, borrows, gets, sends her sons out, and they're borrowing, borrowing jars. So each jar is a space, a space, a container. Something that can be filled. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Okay, so this is the deal. She had a little bit of oil. Here's the jars lined up across the kitchen bench. And she's there. It's full. Full. She keeps pouring. She keeps pouring. I mean, she only had a little bit of oil. I mean, miracles taking place here. I mean, this is extraordinary. God is multiplying that oil. She's just doing what the prophet told her to do. It didn't make sense in the natural. Like, like prophet, we need a lot of money in order to pay off the debt. And you're just telling me to pour oil into jar. Like, but as she obeyed, 
stepped out and obeyed. And she filled, filled. These spaces, spaces became full of oil. Said her sons kept bringing jars to her. She filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. No more space, no more oil. Each one filled. You know, it's like that. It's like that in church, even a church service. Someone like me, I have to be very mindful of giving God space. You know, I can want to fill it with words. I can want to, you know, often we're afraid of silence. Yeah, we're afraid of silence. But it's a container, that silence, a space for God to fill. Some of you just need to start to do that at home. Just a moment of silence. If you can't rest, you've probably got an anxiety issue. Jesus said to Martha, 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 you were anxious and troubled about many things. People think it was busyness that stopped her sitting. It was actually anxiety. You're anxious and troubled. But just to sit... And do, it's often we think, even time with God, we can, oh, you know, we, we've got to fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it with sound, reading the word, whatever, you know, warfare. Sometimes we just got to give him space. Let him fill it. When she told the man of God what had happened, verse 7, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Oh, is that what this was all about? Wow, I hadn't made the connection. I hadn't joined the dots. I was just doing what the prophet told me to do. And sometimes in your obedience, you don't realize that you're positioning yourself for a miracle. She did what she could do and God did what only he could do. Boom, all these jars of oil sold. Sold, order to pay off the debt, give them money to live on. I mean, God wants to do some amazing things in our lives. Sometimes we're the ones who've got to actually step out and give him some space. Step out, start that business. You know, step out. Actually, I'm jumping ahead of myself because the third way, the third way we can give God space is by creating something brand new. Create a brand new space. Noah built an ark from scratch. Didn't exist before. Yeah, and God did the miracle of delivering him. A remnant of people, animals. I mean, Moses built Moses built tabernacle. Solomon built a temple. You know, just there will be times and we have to start something brand new. Oh, you're not starting to have contractions, are you, Candice? Can it's moving? <laughs> I thought we got a nurse in the house just in case. I thought I might be able to pray the babies into being childbirth. It's not my thing. So. Uh, <laughs> Creating something brand new. Some of you, it is stepping out, perhaps. Creating a business, starting a business. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It just can be a little thing. Yeah, do something online. It doesn't, that, it doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of money outlaid. It's not like getting a shop front and, you know, a store or whatever. You know, what, what is it? it? You might have an idea. I'm talking to someone here today and you actually, that's been, <coughs> excuse me, that's been stirring within you. Gee, I'd love to start a business. Oh, I'd, I'd love to. You know, maybe even uh, something that's going to help the community. Like there's a, you've got an idea for a not-for-profit to actually minister into the community, help poor people, uh, help young people. 
reach outing, a re- an outreach of some sort. But you think, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have the resource. I, I don't have the means. It, and you just to start, to start. I've got a ministry, uh, well, an initiative out of my ministry called Heart for Europe. And I'd been, go- been going to Europe for a number of years, but just became really evident to me that my ministry really is probably at its most potent, its most fruitful whenever I go to Europe. My prophetic gift goes to a whole nother level, a little bit like an out-of-body experience, to be honest. It's like, whoa, it's like they're so hungry. They don't queue up wanting prayer and prophecies. They queue up. How did you do that? How did you do that? I find a lot of Pentecostal churches who pray in tongues, pray for the sick, but they don't have any other of the gifts. And so... Uh, the Lord gave me a 10-year window, it's about four years ago, and, and said, uh, and, and just started putting on my heart to go, to go. Now, I have to be honest, uh, I wish it was heart for Bali or heart for Fiji, heart for Phuket. It's a lot cheaper to get there and to live there. Uh, I, I've, my last trip, which was in May, I went to Scandinavia for the first time. I stayed in Copenhagen for two nights. That was not to minister. It was in between ministry that I was doing in Sweden and Switzerland. Two nights in a three-star hotel. Cost me 450 Aussie dollars a night. Basic. Not even, not even an iron in the room. There's one at the end of the hall for everyone to... No, not a kettle. Not a, very basic. Most expensive city in Europe, Copenhagen. Very cool. Very hipster. Had a great time. Got to meet a pastor, it was divine connection, it was amazing. But I thought that what the amount that I was quoted was going to be for the two nights, not for one night. So when I got the bill, I was a bit shocked. So I'm like, Lord, heart for Europe. Like it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to require some, some resource. And I felt the Lord say to me, well, give me some space. Give me some space. What do you mean? He said, well, open a bank account. Open a bank account. Heart for Europe. But I don't have any money towards it. That's 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 the point. Give me give me space that I can fill. And so I've done a number of trips there now. My goodness, I could literally, I, I could I could I could move there. I mean, that's how the demand, the, the hunger, the you know, people say, "I want you to stay there." Well, I've got a husband, you know. I, I'm 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 not going to leave him and go gallivanting around Europe. But the fact is, it's just been incredible, incredible. God has achieved. Couple, uh, earlier in the year, I went to the Netherlands. I was going into like the, it's like the Amish territory. It's like the, the hyper-Calvinistic rural parts of Holland. Because uh, people got a hunger. It's just, I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? Aussie Italian, daughter of a taxi driver. Here I am, just boom, in Amish territory. It was like hyper-Calvinistic. Well, it's like Cal- That's how they look. That's how they look. You've got, talking about farmers who, who have got, wooden shutters and they paint hearts on them whenever for the number of daughters that they have that are marryable. I mean I'm talking like a whole like and I come in but it's just extraordinary. But I, I created a space. I, call, I gave it a name. I talked to Pastor Phil about my vision. He said we'll give it a name. Call it something. I didn't have a name. I thought what do I call it? I thought well, I've got a heart for Europe. I call it heart for Europe. I had to look online. Someone already has an organization called Heart F-O-R Europe. So I called mine Heart Number Four Europe. It's as spiritual as that. <laughs> I gave it a space and I named it. Created a new space. I 
Now, for some of you, maybe it's that dream of owning your own home. It looks absolutely impossible. Can I encourage you? Open a bank account, house deposit. Oh, I don't have, I don't even have a dollar towards it. Give God some space. You know, even if it's a jar on your ledge, you know, for the ministry, for the missions trip that you'd love to go on. But, oh, I'd never have enough money. If, it's, if there is a genuine desire in your heart, give God some space. Have the worship team return. You can give God space by removing something that's already there, by assigning something already exists, a new purpose, and by creating something new. I reckon there's something in that for all of us. I reckon there's... Do you know what? We are a space. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says we're earthen vessels. Earthen vessels. I, I like to say we're just a bunch of mugs. You know, we're a space that God fills, that He fills. Our heart is a space. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.